typically you don't see a general manager fired in the middle of the season, especially not one of a division-leading team, but that's what we have to talk about first. What's happening? Tennessee, what's going on? I thought that their general manager has done a really good job of putting together their team over the past. I can't remember how many years he's been there, but um, – yeah, that's that's just so crazy to me. I mean, we don't know what this means for Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis, Derrick Henry even moving forward. I mean, this is an aging roster, so it's possible they bring somebody in who decides to shake things up in the offseason. What do you guys think? I disagree with you. Um, I mean, I, I agree in a, in a way where I think this was horrible timing, but definitely could have wrote – Till the end of the season, um, but I think I think it was a good decision because I don't know why you would trade AJ Brown for what he's worth rather than trading him for more, because now he's destroying the league with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. I know he just destroyed you this last weekend. Yeah, I know you <laughs> said the timing's bad, but the timing is hilarious. This mm-hmm. kind of came at a better time. That certainly has something to do with it, don't you think? I oh, mean, yeah, definitely. We're just like, oh, my gosh, we just got rolled by A.J. Brown. Get this guy out of here. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Brown, he's like – he's a top five wide receiver. He was good for Tennessee. Don't get me wrong, but – He's he's better with Philadelphia. That's Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. didn't – like, we saw towards the end of the season, I was like, wow, he's stepped it up a lot. And then this season, oh, my gosh. Like, he doesn't even look like A.J. Brown from the Titans. He looks like a whole new receiver. He kind of looks like D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually going to say, uh, reminds me of D.K. Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Aren't they both old They're both with the old Miss, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. It's crazy how New England passed on both of them. And up with well, Nikhil Harry, who's not even on their roster anymore. Chicago Bear. Which, yeah, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of Chicago, he made a phenomenal catch this weekend. Yeah. Saw that. Oh, Bill, you can't put anything together anymore in the wide receiver room, can you? <laughs> anyway, moving on. I would like to profess my love for, an, for a certain assistant coach. This assistant coach could potentially be a head coach this time next year. We don't know. Offensive coordinator from the New York Jets, brother of head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I'm talking about Mike LaFleur. I know the Jets lost on Sunday, okay? But, again, this is the second week in a row that I've watched the entire Jets game. I'm impressed with Mike LaFleur, man. Mm -hmm. He's he's on his third different starting quarterback this year. Uh, We all know that he was passing game for passing game coordinator in San Francisco for a minute. But this guy can call plays. He's really, really good. I like him a lot. And, you know, they constantly show Michael Fleur up in the booth. By the way, he doesn't look 35. He looks like he's 25. But he's he's really impressed me with what I've seen the past couple weeks. They both look like they're 25. Mike and Matt LaFleur, let's be honest. Zach Wilson looks like he's 16, too. Well, that, yeah, that's a, another story. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, Riley, I know you watched that game. What do you think of the games that Matt, Mike, Mike LaFleur has been calling? 
I think he's the best head coaching candidate, period, for next year's season. I've been the biggest Jets believer since the season started, and they've exceeded my expectations, even with the QB switch, too. They've shown that they can just quickly recover. Brees Hall injury, it's quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. you're both totally right. Um, I, I just – it's crazy how you can make someone look so good. And by someone, I mean Mike White. Therefore, yeah. they did have red zone struggles in the later end of the game. Correct. But, but yeah, go I ahead. think that Vikings defense just came to play for it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, they they played really well situa- situationally Excuse me, on Sunday. Yeah. The Jets didn't do as well, and that's ultimately, ultimately the reason why the Jets didn't win the game. But, you know, they still got multiple opportunities to get down in the red zone, so they were doing something right. It's just, how can you finish off those drives? And I think a part of it is, well, you are starting Mike White. You're not starting Jimmy Garoppolo, who's going to be the talking point of the offseason. For me especially, I'm I'm going to be saying this until it happens. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a New York Jet next offseason, or next season, rather. And I think Mike LaFleur is going to be a head coaching candidate for sure. Whether he actually gets a job, I don't know, but... He's done a terrific job with his Jets offense, and they're one of the best teams in the AFC still. Whether you know anybody wants to believe, okay, yeah, the Jets, they lost to the Vikings. They're not as good as we thought. But this is only one week removed of them just stomping on the Bears. And the Bears, I know they're designed to be bad, but it's still another NFL team who's getting paid a lot of money to go out there and try to beat you. So, yeah, I just can't say enough how impressed I am with Mike LaFleur. I mean, the play calling was really good. And their offense, they created some explosive plays. Again, like we said, they didn't finish off the drives necessarily, but he did a really good job getting this offense ready two weeks in a row. Do you think if they started Joe Flacco, they would have won? I don't know if they would have won necessarily because I thought – I don't think Mike White played bad. I don't either. But with the veteran experience, do you think they could have won? I think they definitely could have won. I don't know if Joe Flacco's starting is what changes that game. But the thing is, is so last week I compared Mike White to Taylor Heineke, you know, after he – played an incredible game and everything, played mm-hmm. nothing like Ty- Taylor Heineke last week. This week he played totally like Taylor Heineke. And honestly, I think he's basically going to be the same thing as Joe Flacco. I don't think that they're that different in terms of their style at this point. I mean, we saw what Joe Flacco did the first few games of the season. It was pretty similar style to what we're seeing from Mike White. Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible that that's just the way their offense is designed. And, you know, you're going to throw some picks, and it seems to be that they're just okay with that. I think you take the bad interceptions that happen every once in a while over, you know, your quarterback just repeatedly throwing incompletions right into the ground. So, 
Yeah, it's hard for me to say whether Joe Flacco totally changes that game. I'm going to say no, but I don't yeah. think that I don't think that you know he's going to make them worse. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think they're both gunslingers, Mike White and Joe Flacco. They both have well, maybe not cannons, but they can throw the ball consistently, um, pretty accurately. Oh, what do you think about? I Jimmy Garoppolo. When I think Jimmy Garoppolo, I see more of like Zach Wilson than Mike White and Joe Flacco. I don't see a lot of gunslinger and Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that'd be a good fit. Well, the difference difference between Jimmy Garoppolo is he's just simply a winner and he he can be put in the offense and just win. But the Jets offense is a lot different than say 49ers and New England Patriots. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing though. So right now the Jets are really banged up at running back. Michael Carter didn't play in this game. Mm-hmm. We all know that Brees Hall's out for the year. But I think next year if they get their running backs back perfectly healthy and everything, I think that that'll definitely benefit a Jimmy Garoppolo type. I don't think you necessarily need a gunslinger to play in this offense. And to be honest, I think that stability there would go a long ways for them instead of just having these guys who are just reckless. And as we saw Mike White kind of train wreck the game for them at the end. And to start off, honestly, too, I mean, they bookended the games with the game with interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think that there's something to be said about Joe Flacco and Mike White. It could just be the style of their play. I'm, I don't know whether I can say that it's the style of their offense, but I am curious to see what a Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr would look like in a Jets offense. I mean, Mike White, he didn't really take them out of the game I think he had more of an Im- impact in keeping them in the game or putting them back in the game Um, as we saw the Vikings take a what, what would it be like a two score lead or something like that I don't remember yeah I think, I think they had like, three scores at one was, point uh, didn't they yeah it was 17 points yeah the biggest difference yeah before that game ending interception or game ending interception um he had 369 yards passing and one interception. Um, he threw the ball 57 times for 31 completions. I I think that has something to do with the offense. I don't think it's necessarily Mike Way. I mean, yeah, he's proven that he can, he can do it, but you think that he would have a lot more, I don't know, uh, scoring on his on his plate besides the one rushing touchdown he had. I think a big part of it too is just that they were, like we just said, down by three scores. So a lot of those yards, and obviously you mentioned 57 pass attempts. Yeah, they got back in the game, but they're kicking a lot of field goals. I believe they only had one touchdown. They had a drop touchdown by Braxton Berrios. Yeah. That, would have gave that them was the lead. Yep, that was an issue too. So point. Mike White did get them in position to win the game. He also kind of derailed things, but, you know, they they had to he had to bring them back for them to even derail the game. So 
I think it's a thing that's going to take time. I mean, this is his second start of the year. So maybe they won't fully click until playoff time. But mm-hmm. I think another reason why he was so successful too is the Vikings really struggled to get pressure. I mean, back-to-back weeks, he faced two teams that didn't really do the best job of getting pressure on him. And in a situation, this is more of a Vikings talker than anything, in a situation where you are making the opposing team pass, you know they are going to pass because they're down by three scores, just get pressure on them. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. And so credit to Mike White for, you know, taking what the defense gives them. I don't really like that, but that's basically what happened because they didn't pressure him that much. Right. So flipping to the other side of the football, um, what did you guys think about the Vikings overall? I'm not going to talk about defense or offense because it kind of felt like the Vikings like tipped over. My personal thoughts to start off with is if Kirk Cousins isn't that bad, they run away with this game. Kirk Cousins was awful, and somehow they still won the game. It reminded me a lot of that Pittsburgh Steelers game from last year on Thursday night. Yeah. He just – he looked yeah. bad. It was very similar. I, I That was one of the references I thought back in my head. I'm like, wow, this seems very familiar. And then I thought – I remember that Monday night fo- – was it Monday or Thursday night football game? I don't remember. But yeah, it was one Thursday. Of those Thursday. It was one of those two primetime football games, and that was immediately what my head went to. Riley, what are your thoughts on, on the Vikings overall? It's same thing of everything I've seen this season. They almost let it slip this time, though. Yeah. I think what you're seeing, so they're going to get the Giants here in a couple weeks. They got the Lions next week. It was a good team. They're not great. 2.5, but... 2.5 underdogs, by the way. Yeah, I actually don't mind that. A lot of people are upset about it. I'm not as upset but the Vikings, about it. Or the, the Lions are favored to win? Yeah. yeah. I can actually – I I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win this game, okay. especially with how they've been playing. I mean, they just mm-hmm. – they discarded of Jacksonville, no problem. But and they're healthy, too. Yeah. But the thing – the thing is, is they've they've basically been playing these teams. So they play the Commanders. They now have played the Jets. They play the Patriots. Now they're going to have the Giants coming up. And like I just mentioned, the Lions, they're playing too. Um, all those teams are pretty similar to what you're going to see wild card weekend. I mean, they're all, these are all wild card teams that they're beating. So, you know, I think... I think basically this is going to be um, similar to what we see in the first round of the playoffs from them. Now, when they play the next round, you're going to see tougher teams like a Dallas or Philadelphia. So I don't know where they're going, how they're going to play with that. But I mean, we know that they can at least win the first round of the playoffs. And that's about all I have left to take away from that. Christian McCaffrey, Ramadre Stevenson, who has more rushing yards go? I think it's going to be Stevenson. I think McCaffrey is more of the pass catcher. I know that the Patriots, after watching them play, 
seems like their only success that they have running the balls with Stevenson. So I'm going to go with New England, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Same here. I mean, New England's shown to be a run first team and their, their running back depth is very low and Damian Harris has been hurt a lot. So I think it's all Stevenson. McCaffrey with 7.04 and Stevenson is 30 yards above him at 7.34. That close? Wow. Yeah. McCaffrey's missed some games in there too, hasn't he? Right. In two yeah. different teams, so that's still pretty good. I wonder if the I wonder if some of those dump off passes got counted as like a uh, rushing total, um, meaning because maybe it was a lateral pass, say like in say like when he runs a bubble in the backfield or a screen pass. Yeah, we know that the 49ers love to do that. Mm-hmm. Even right. even in Carolina too. Now I'm going to have you guys pick from top to bottom um, who has more. I'm going to give you passing yards. The players are Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, and Daniel Jones. All right. From lowest to highest, or yards, amount of yards. Just rank them one to three who has the most yards. So Russell Wilson's been bad. But Jimmy Garoppolo also didn't start playing until week two. What, week two. Okay, so this is what I'm gonna do. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go Daniel Jones one, Jimmy Garoppolo two, Russell Wilson three. Yes, the Broncos haven't been scoring a lot on offense, but doesn't necessarily mean they haven't been. I mean, air heavy, air raid heavy um, in the passing game. I'm going to put, let's see, I'm, I want to put Russell at number, I'm going to put Russell at number one. And then I'll put Jimmy at number two. And, oh, actually, no, no, no. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Daniel Jones at number two and Jimmy at three. Oh, he almost had it, Brayden. Did I? Russell Wilson is first, Garoppolo second, Daniel Jones three. Dang. So I had it in reverse order. Yeah. It's it's crazy, though, because you would not expect Russell Wilson to have that much. Um, Just listed off one to three, 2,558, 2,437, and 2,365. So that's a pretty big difference between the Giants and Broncos for terms of yards. I guess that kind of gets back to my – one of my favorite words to use, the empty calories. Yeah. I think there's a lot of empty calories to be had in Denver right now. Definitely. All right. So last one here. Interceptions, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. Who has more? Uh, I think it's got to be Kirk Cousins. I know Kirk Cousins has thrown a lot of picks this year uncharacteristically, but I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing as many. I want to take I, – I really want to take Connor's word. But I know I, – I don't know this. I don't know – like, I don't pay attention to Kirk's statistics on – or statistics at all, let's be honest. Um, I know from the past he's been, like, the top five in turnovers for quarterbacks in the past. Um, So I think I'm just going to stick with that. Kirk? 
Yep. All right. Kirk has nine. Jimmy has four. Pretty big okay. difference. Okay. I would have expected Jimmy to have a lot more mm-hmm. when you put Cousins that high. All right. Back to the Mike LaFleur story. Where do you think he ends up if he gets the job next year? So, I think a good place for him, if we're just starting off here, I'm going to say one of two places. My first destination of choice would be Arizona. I think that that would be a good place for him to go. Um, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is sticking around much longer. So offensive guy that's going to go in there, maybe he can work with Kyler Murray. He seems like a Kyle Shanahan type. So I think that if anybody's going to be able to mold Kyler Murray, it'd be him. My second destination of choice, I think would have to be Carolina. I think that, you know, they're going to be another team who's going to be looking for a quarterback this offseason. So he could potentially go in there and shape that future quarterback. All right. I'm going to roll with Connor on the Arizona thing. Um, Another possibility, like the conversation we had last episode about Sean McVay, if he decides to retire with along Mm -hmm. with his veteran players, um, I could see that as another possibility. Yeah. Um, but the one that really gets me is the Chargers. I think that would be a very, yeah, very good possibility, since they are not sticking it, sticking. I wouldn't say they're not. They just don't have all the brain power they need on that team. I saw a tweet that said. Basically, Herbert has no help. Now, I know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams haven't finished a game together mm-hmm. this year. But it was saying you got no run game. You got no talent on the wide receivers. That is completely false. Yes. I think it is just it's Brandon Staley. You need to get him out of there. And most of your issues could be resolved doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Riley, I want to talk about that a little bit, too, because you had sent me that earlier today, and I thought that was just one of the stupidest things I had ever seen. So Rashawn Slater is out for the year. That's a big issue. They had Jam- Jamari Sellier step in at offensive tackle. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been a train wreck either. They invested a first-round pick into Zion Johnson. I mean, yeah, Austin Eckler is still there, so he's just fine. And then the guys, be- the guys behind him are pretty good too. Yeah, and then as far injured, but... as far as receivers go. Like you said, Mike White, or not Mike White. Oh, my gosh, I'm still stuck on Mike White. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Both. Josh Palmer. Yeah, Josh Palmer's DeAndre good. DeAndre Carter. Yeah. But for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both of them are being paid north of $20 million a year. So for them to almost make it sound like it's a philosophical thing of just not giving them any help, I think that's a really poorly educated or poorly thought out um, thought or statement because I mean Gerald Everett Gerald Everett looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the faster tight ends in the league. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think he's kind of like a Jared Cook. Yeah. I think he's got weapons. They just need to, you know, not be hurt. Yeah. As far as the defense goes, I mean, that's uh, that's Brandon Staley's expertise. And if he's not going to have this defense playing well, then I think they need to look somewhere else. Yeah. What was that? What was that defense looked at at the beginning of the season? Like in personnel, probably. What? Gosh, top five. Yeah, at least yeah. top five. In I was really opinion, high on least. it. You had a but, Kyle Van Noy, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack. I thought this was maybe even the best. Don't forget Joey Bosa. That's uh, where I'm looking is the pass <laughs> rushers. I mean, yeah, so like you said, Van Noy and Mack, both of those are big additions. And then Joey Bosa. Um, I think Joey Bosa has been is, hurt, right? But Yeah. Um, has has Limbaugh is Limbaugh there still? I don't remember. No, he's uh he's an Eagle now. Oh, okay. Hold on, listen. But yeah, they that gets to my next point of they really lack an interior defensive line. Not only just from a pass rush standpoint, but they're just getting gashed on the ground. I mean, last week's the perfect example. Josh Jacobs runs all over that defense. So I think if they're going to address one thing this off season, it should really be the interior of that defensive line. I think that will go a long ways towards, you know, making it so they're at least respectable in the run game and not just getting run over all the time. Um, I want to branch out for another second. Um, I want to see what your guys' thoughts on this are. Uh, Mike LaFleur, another good spot for him. Would not be. I want to see if you guys agree on this. Las Vegas. And reason being, I know the Raiders are looking very bad this season, but I feel like they would stick Josh McDaniels out for another season. Do you guys agree? Well, they they said they kind of have to because they're basically they can't afford it. They're broke. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. their reasoning. Yes. Yeah. They That's... they don't want to give them the guaranteed money to just go away. I didn't know that. And yep. I, I believe the Raiders have won three straight, too. Okay. Yeah, they, they don't look as bad as they did at the beginning. I think I still think Josh McDaniels is a problem, but... Yeah. I think maybe what they end up doing, so, you know, I was talking about Derek Carr going to the Jets. I think if Josh McDaniels is still there next year, which sounds like it's probably a 95% chance that he is, they'll stick it out one more year with Derek Carr, and then we'll see what happens from there. Like Connor says, you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe, do what you have to. We're all on we're on all platforms. See you next time.